ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. My next guest, failure led to her success. After finding a career as a journalist and an author, Elizabeth Day turned her attention to podcasting and her show, How to Fail, has risen in the ranks as one of the most popular listens today, featuring some huge names like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Gloria Steinem, many others as well. Bernie Sanders even makes it in. Elizabeth Day has certainly learnt a lot about failure and at that same time found her success. She's in the country touring on her speaker series and Elizabeth Day joined me a short time ago. Thank you so much for having me. That list of talent that you've had on your podcast, How to Fail with Elizabeth Day, is extensive. Uh, Do you have a favourite guest? They're like my children mm. in that I can't choose. Or you can't say it publicly. I can't say publicly, but when we're off air. <laughs> but I do have guests who have had a really profound resonance for me personally. And into that category, I would put a man called Mo Gaudat, who was a former chief business officer at Google X. And he devoted 11 years of his life developing an algorithm for happiness. So he claims that he can make every single human being happy. And he was an extraordinary person who's become something of a life guru for me just because of his practical advice and how to deal with anxiety. So that one was amazing. And then Andrew Scott, who your listeners might know better as the hot priest from Fleabag, Mm. um, I had an amazing conversation with him that completely changed how I view language around sexuality. So one of his failures was his failure to be heteronormative, as he put it. And it got us into a really fascinating conversation into how... The media for Andrew still routinely refers to him as quote unquote openly gay. And he was like, no one would say I was openly Irish. So I don't understand why I'm referred to in this way, because it implies that I have emerged from some shameful secret. And so that changed the way that I spoke about sexual identity. So I think those conversations, because they actually had an impact on my life, they're two of my favourites. I've always hated the openly gay thing too. It's awful, as is the language around coming out. I've had people say to me, have you come out? Yeah. And it's it's a really strange thing to ask someone. Because like, no one's asking a straight person that. No. Like, when did I come out as a straight person? Well, I don't know. I was always like this. And so, yeah, it, it's really, it was a light bulb moment for me. And I think language is so important. And it's part of the reason I'm passionate about how to fail, because... I want to flip the language around failure on its head and to make us think of it as a learning rather than something that defines us negatively as a person. What have you learned about failure yourself through this series? I mean, you know, we speak in a lot of platitudes. Failure can change us and define us. How true is that? I happen to think it's hugely true. It can also break us sometimes. Yes, I think... I think the thing that failure has taught me is that I'm stronger than I believed before I started doing the podcast. Because if you're listening to this, you have survived 100% of your worst failures. And that's an amazing thing. You are therefore a resilient person. The greatest failure, I think, is not taking the chance that you might fail because that limits the adventures and the opportunities for growth. And I've learned that failure doesn't define you, it's your response to it that is the true test of character. So even if something happens and it feels shattering, and not all failures are easily assimilatable, there'll be some that are grotesque and difficult and that will cause grief for the rest of your life. But I do believe that you can 
in the fullness of time, be at peace with that. And even if the failure itself doesn't have meaning, living alongside it will teach you something. And maybe it just teaches you that you'll, you've survived it. But that's enough. Take us back to the beginning of this concept. Where were you in your life that made you think this is, this is a really good idea? I remember exactly where I was. <laughs> I was about to turn 39 and a long-term relationship had ended out of the blue for me. And I looked back on my 30s and I felt like such a failure. I'd got married previously to the wrong person. I'd got divorced. I had tried and failed to have the children that I thought I always wanted. And now I was staring down the barrel of my 40s, feeling like none of the things that I had dreamt of were in place. And I didn't know how I was going to get through it. And so I turned to podcasts. So back then it was, uh, I'm going back, it was October 2017 and podcasts were still relatively new. <laughs> and I couldn't listen to any music because it seemed to bear specific resonance to my heartbreak. <laughs> so I spent a they lot of time. They were writing about your trauma. 100%. Ariana Grande, <laughs> yeah, she was just always. writing about me. <laughs> I spent a lot of time eating hummus and listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts I listened to was Esther Perel's Where Should We Begin, which remains one of my favourites. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that podcasting is this space, like radio, for intimate conversations. I love audio and I loved the nature of Esther's conversations in particular, because often she was talking about couples who were going through a period of dysfunction and they were really honest and vulnerable. And those two things sort of came together in my head and I thought I want to have conversations about what it is to fail and how you get through it. And I want to talk to other people so they can teach me. And that was really the starting point. Your podcast is particularly popular with women. Do you think that's because women kind of dwell on their own failures in a, well, in a particularly gendered way? I think... Yes. And also that's separate from why lots of women listen to the podcast. Mm. I think when I first started with my first season in 2018, all of the men that I approached for that first season felt they hadn't failed. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I have failed. So I, I don't, maybe it's the wrong podcast. All of the women I approached, apart from one, said, oh my God, I failed so many times. I don't know what I'm going to choose to talk about. That's massively changed as the podcast has matured. But I think there are a couple of things that are going on there. One is if you are a white cis man, you are still lucky enough to be born in a world that is made overwhelmingly in your image. If you make a mistake or you fail, you probably see it as an overcomable obstacle on your path to eventual success. If you are a woman, a marginalised person in some way for reasons of race or ethnicity, or maybe you live with a chronic illness and you're just not part of the default, then you're more likely to internalise that failure and see it as a definition on who you are. But I also think there's a lot of social conditioning around it. So a lot of those men had been socially conditioned to believe that it was weakness to admit to failure. And now that we live in a time where we talk more openly about vulnerability, and I'm glad to have been a tiny part of that, and in a time when gender in and of itself is so much less binary than it used to be, that's massively changed for me. So I don't feel comfortable generalising. <laughs> Your first guest was Phoebe Wallerbridge. How did that interview come about? 
oh, well, Phoebe's one of my favourite people in the world. And I was lucky enough to meet her before she became the global superstar that she now is. So we met in 2014 at a weird conference in Vegas. <laughs> Tell me more about the weird conference. There's so much to say, Patricia. Um, I hate networking events, but I'm also very competitive. And I was offered this chance to go on something called the British American Project, where they get... 40 individuals from the UK and the US who are interesting in some way or going somewhere and they take them to a US or a UK city and you're there for four days and you're meant to network. And it was a competitive interview process to go through it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go through the interview process and then we'll see what happens. And I got offered an all expenses paid trip to Vegas, at which point I was like, yes. And Phoebe was on it. And before we landed in Vegas, we were given potted biographies of all of the other delegates. And I read through it and I was like, that woman sounds great. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to gently stalk her into submission. (laughs) And so I went up to her at Vegas airport and I was like, are you Phoebe? And she said, yes. I was like, I've decided we're going to be friends. And we sat next to each other on the coach to the hotel and our conversation started then and it hasn't let up since. I think she is one of the kindest, most grounded people I've ever met, let alone being this genius of creativity who can take a human truth and make it funny and dark at the same time. And so we were already friends and I asked her to be my first guest on How to Fail. And it's a measure of who Phoebe is that when I told her my idea, she was like, that is brilliant. She completely got it. She's like, yes, I'm so up for it. And that's how it happened. I love that story. So you're here on a speaking tour. What can people expect from your show? A lot of oversharing. Although, actually... (laughs) Do you have any boundaries? I do have boundaries, (laughs) What What are they in relation to? So I have boundaries about what I will and won't talk about Mm. in the sense that there are certain things that I have never spoken about publicly and it's generally because it involves other people and I don't want to betray their privacy. But if I make a commitment to myself to talk about an issue, for instance, fertility is something I've spoken very openly about, that commitment is 100% honesty. So I will completely show up as myself in those areas. But I do have parameters off stage. (laughs) Um, And actually, I say oversharing, but I don't believe there is any such thing because Mm. I believe that vulnerability is the source of all true connection, which is the source of human humanity like human solidarity and i i love it i get a buzz from it so what you can expect is a warm i hope intimate sometimes funny conversation on stage about what failure is and how it shapes us and also a lot of chat about friendship because i've just written a book about friendship and how it's been one of the biggest loves of my life and it doesn't often get a lot of airplay because we're so focused on romance and then there's an opportunity to ask your own questions and those q and a sessions are my favourite parts of every single show I do because it becomes like a group therapy session. Oh, totally. It's so beautiful. And are the questions often similar or can they be really surprising? They are radically different according to wherever I am in the world. But the one thing that connects them is an audience member's willingness to be vulnerable and to show up authentically. And that is such a gift for me. You know, I am... From the beginning of my career, I did book events where... Everyone was trying to prove how clever they were. And it's completely different in these shows. It's I, I did a show at the Sydney Opera House a couple of nights ago. The questions were so profound and insightful. The first audience question was, what's the difference between failure and regret? And I was like, 
I don't know because I'm not Socrates, but <laughs> what a profound philosophical point. And I, 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 yeah, I have to say, Australian audiences so far, your questions have been A+. Yeah, well, there, there's your next book, that question. Try and yes. delve into that. Elizabeth Day, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank I've you. I've loved it. Thank you. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.